The Bulls have three seconds to try a shot and try to win the game. This is the Notebook Wagering Podcast. Coming to you from the betting deck. Don't believe what I just saw. Here are your hosts. Jenks! Sideline! Touchdown! Unbelievable! Smitty and Q. Hey, what's up, fellas? It's Notebook Wager and Q here. I'm across from Matty Nails and Smitty. Uh, so we got a good another guest for you. Uh, he's a returning guest. Um... Uh, we had him on the show. He was a big hit. Uh, he's, you know, gained us some followers. Um, we track him, you know, very closely. Um, he's always in conversations with us. Uh, so what's going on boys? Why don't you guys, uh, introduce the guest? Well, it's really just the man, the myth, the college hoops, legend, Greg's hoops, Peterson. <laughs> I Greg, appreciate I've actually it. been listening to you on VEASAN since the basically the conception of VEASAN. I, lo- I loved your stuff, always. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right, uh, Smitty. Uh, you you know, I'd like, I mean, I'll, I'll dive in tonight. I'd just like to yeah. get Greg's um, – what's your recap of tonight with uh, maybe the Wisconsin-Iowa game? Uh, what did you think – I mean, did you catch any of that game? Did you watch it? What, what was your thoughts overall, With especially Wisconsin? Wisconsin really struggling right now. Yeah, they are. And uncharacteristically at home, too, because typically the Cole Center, one of the toughest places to play in college basketball. But, I mean, you take a look at the way that Iowa was able to shoot the three. Luca Garza and Joe Wieskamp completely took over that game. They went a combined 9 of 12 from three-point range for 47 points. You're just not going to be able to win that way. And for Wisconsin, you need to get a little bit more down low. Nate Reavers, over the last two games, has one more rebound than the four of us. I mean, that's just completely (laughs) unacceptable there. Micah Potter, he was able to pick it up. 23 points, 11 rebounds. He didn't look like himself against Michigan. He stepped up in this game, but... I mean, when you allow two guys like I like Iowa had to be able to shoot from three like that, and I will say, C.J. Frederick being back in hold and giving the team 31 minutes, though he only had five points, you can tell that this is a little bit of a different offense with him in it. But, I mean, this is a Badgers team that they're not guarding the arc the way that you would expect them to, and they just don't have the firepower to be able to put up the points. So, Greg, I'll piggyback off that real quick. So, everybody's estimation is it's – for the NCAA right now, it's Baylor, Gonzaga, and then everybody else. I actually think this Iowa team has the potential to make a big run in the NCAA tournament if they can keep shooting the threes like they do. What's your take on that? This is one of these teams that they're going to be boomer bust. I don't think that we're going to see an Iowa team that winds up going to like the Sweet 16 and then they lose by like three or anything like that. I think either they're going on a massive run or they're going on a massively disappointing ending. So it's just one of those things in which if you get the wrong matchup with Iowa, it's going to be doomsday. I mean, I even take a look at the way that North Carolina played them. I know that they wound up losing earlier in the year, but North Carolina does a tremendous job on the glass. They're able to neutralize Luca Garza, and that's really the blueprint. Indiana was able to figure that out. A team like the Hoosiers, who has a guy like a Trace Jackson Davis, that's able to match up. That's terrible for Iowa. But if Iowa's going up against these teams that they're looking to run it and gun it much like they do, they're looking to take a bunch of threes, then Iowa can make a big run. It is all about the draw with Iowa. And it's a big reason why I really don't dive into futures myself because when it comes to the NCAA tournament, it really is one of these things where it's much like boxing. The matchup makes the fight. So I kind of want to piggyback off of Iowa. Um you know, like these guys. So, and this can be uh, towards Iowa or towards any team in college right now, but uh, it seemed like for a couple weeks stretch there, Iowa looked tired. Um, would you agree to that? Disagree? Uh, are there, are you starting to see teams maybe look a little tired more so maybe in the big 12 and big 10 where they're just playing gauntlet style um, on the road at home, a lot of travel, a lot of big games. I don't know if tired is necessarily the best word. I would say lackadaisical, nonchalant, because with Iowa, the offense has always been there for them this year. I mean, aside from their games against Indiana, because Indiana just does a solid job on defense, I mean, the offense is always firing all cylinders. Problem is, when you're giving up 80-plus on the regular, 
that's where this Iowa team really gets into trouble. And I feel like that defensive prowess is starting to come through. And this is an Iowa bunch that we've seen it year in and year out. Typically in February, they start to wane. They start to really have their faults show up. And we haven't necessarily seen that the last couple of games. That win against Wisconsin that we just saw, absolutely massive for them. So I actually give Fran McCaffrey a little bit of kudos because I just still go back to 2014 when Iowa was a top 10 team going into February, and they wound up going to Dayton. Good news is there's no way that could happen this year because Dayton's not hosting any NCAA tournament games, but I you can tell that this is a different Iowa team now from a couple years ago. So, so you know, well said there. What did you think? Just another game. I'm just going to try to hit a couple games tonight because I was really watching. Um, Wichita State played really well. Uh, I think Isaac Brown, when do you think they just hand him the head coaching job? I mean, what a great job tonight that they did against the Cougars out of Houston. Uh, what, what what was your thoughts on that game tonight? For one, they should have just given him the job already. If he doesn't have it by the end of March, I really don't know what to tell Wichita State because this man is doing yeoman's work for them. So I give him a ton of credit. But my real takeaway from this is that Houston wound up doing a solid job of being able to grab some second and third chances. But Wichita State actually won the battle on the glass. That's so big because what Houston does a good job of and the reason why they're such a good rebounding team is because they don't even let you get into the paint. So when you're trying to go up for those rebounds, you have nobody around the basket. You have to rely upon just these clank shots that wind up rolling back to the three-point arc and everything like that. But Wichita State was able to do a good job of being able to drive inside. When you go 10 of 22 from three-point range, that certainly does help. But the guy that we need to be taking a look at for Wichita State, Tyson Ntn. He did it once again, 16 points in this one. For the year, he's averaging 17 and a half. One of the most underrated guards in college basketball. If Wichita State could continue to get a little bit of something out of guys like Oduzi, a Trey Wade, just get those five, six boards per game. This is a team that's going to be in good shape. Meanwhile, for Houston, I feel like this team has gotten a little bit overvalued because they've got guards that do a little bit of everything in Jerron Giroux along Quentin Grimes, but they just need a little bit of help. And I think that the loss of Caleb Mills really starting to show itself at this time of the season. Greg, we're guilty of, of rating Houston early in the year. I have a betting kryptonite in this college hoops world, and it's Arizona. <laughs> and lo and behold, what happened to Arizona tonight, they were, I think they were getting two, and they just got run out of the gym. What is going on down in Arizona? And Arizona actually had a lead through much of the second half as well. And then they just disintegrated late. I mean, that was just absolutely terrible. UCLA, towards the beginning slash middle part of the second half, they started to just do a great job of being able to control things down low. And then from there, it was curtains. And what's really happening with Arizona is I think that you can tell that these guys know that they're not going to be able to play in the postseason this year. I mean, it's just that plain and simple. And you have to throw on there as well injuries. This is a team that they should have Daniel Pacho out there. He's currently out. Jamaro Baker, he's a guy that he was doing a tremendous job at the beginning of the year. He's been out for quite a while for this team as well. This is not a whole Arizona team. This is not a team that's going to be able to play in the postseason. I mean, I give James Akinjo credit. He went 7-10 to from three-point range, 21 points in this one. He just needs a little bit of help from his friends. Azula Sabella Selmo has been able to do a good job, but you can tell that the depth is really starting to run thin. And for UCLA, this is a team that they're highly efficient. A lot of people would be surprised to know that with regards to points on a per-possession basis, this team is in the top 35. You don't think of that because they play so low and slow, but what they do a good job of, not turning the ball over. Tiger Campbell, assisted turnover ratio of three, seven turnovers in this game. That was a difference for UCLA. Greg, I, I kind of want to steer you. Um, so we've kind of broken down today's games. Um, so now that we're kind of in conference play, um, have there been – and. and you said you loved UConn uh, the first time we had you. Um, has there been a team now, obviously they lost book night for a few weeks, uh, but has there been a team that maybe um, has a upset you? And then maybe another team that um, has impressed you that maybe wasn't on your radar at the, you know, earlier in the season. 
I mean, I've been really upset by North Northern Iowa. This is a team that I really thought was going to be competing for an at-large bid. You wind up having A.J. Green go down, and that's debilitating. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. But you still expected this team to be better. And what the heck are they doing cranking up the tempo? This is not Northern Iowa basketball. They're in the top half of college basketball with regards to possessions per game. They've completely lost their identity, and as a result... I mean, it seems like they put together 20 good minutes. We saw it against Drake a couple days ago. And then in the second half, they just get completely lambasted. Or it's the opposite way around. They get down by 20 points. And then all of a sudden, finally, Northern Iowa is showing up to the party. So, I mean, they've been a big disappointment. A team that's really impressing me. How about Morehead State out there in the Ohio Valley? I I don't think anyone saw this coming. Johnny Broom has been absolutely tremendous for this team, giving you right around eight rebounds. He does a good job. He's able to give you 15 points on any given night. And Morehead State, in games that have not went to overtime, they've allowed more than 70 points once this calendar year. I have been thoroughly impressed by the job that they have been able to do this season. Greg, I'm going to touch on the ACC, and it's been a down year with the power teams not showing up. With UVA and FSU at the top of this, do you see a clear cut who's number one in the ACC right now? I really think it's Florida State. I know that Virginia is a bunch that they're very pesky. They play that low and slow style, the pack line defense. And Virginia Tech, you got to give them their flowers as well. Kive Aluma is able to do a terrific job for the team. But, I mean, they've been dealing with a couple of losses. You have the DUI that's going on with them. So, I mean, that's a little bit of an issue. But I take a look at Florida State. In conference, they're shooting over 40% from three-point range. Scotty Barnes is a six-foot-nine point guard that seems to be finally starting to figure it out. MJ Walker is one of the best peer scorers that you're going to find out there in college basketball. And then you've got just a whole bunch of size. This is not a team that you want to face off against in March because it seems like everyone is six foot eight, six foot nine. In some cases, seven feet tall. They're able to guard all five positions. They all shoot between 32 and 37% from three-point range. Typically, this year is more like 40%. I mean, they've been going bombs away from three-point range. Florida State is a team that I would not want to be seeing on my bracket. They've been able to figure out. I feel like Leonard Hamilton has been doing a better job as a coach this year than ever before. He's done a great job of maneuvering. Even when Scotty Barnes has been out of the fold, he has found a way to be able to get some production at being able to just have someone run the point guard spot very effectively. So I look at Florida State as being the top team out there in the ACC. Thank you. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I really like Florida State. I think they're a great team. Uh, Greg, tonight again, you had another winner in your um, New York Post. Um, I love it. You know, again, follow this guy. We've said it so many times. This guy's money. And Ohio State tonight, really high-scoring game. I mean, I know Penn State gives up some points. I did not think that game was going to be as high-scoring. I mean, that was that was like 90 to 82. I mean, it was crazy. <laughs> Yeah, it certainly was. And you get two points per game. They've got a guy by the name of Justin Aarons. I don't think a lot of people know, but they should because he shoots right around 47% from three-point range. Take a look at how I say it. A lot of people will be surprised to know that when it comes to defensive efficiency, merely the points that you give up on a per-possession basis, they are Seth Towns ever since he's come in. He's not a guy that's necessarily going to give you a bunch of points, a bunch of boards or anything like that, but he's a guy that he played at Harvard outside the top 100 in college basketball. They've really been getting it done with their offense. EJ Lydell along Dwayne Washington Jr. are giving you 15 for a while. It was his dream to play at Ohio State. He's been able to give this team a little bit of veteran leadership. And this is a team that they have just really been able to get things rolling on offense. So I give a lot of credit to Iowa State. If they're able to figure things out on the defensive end, this is a team I feel like could make a Final Four run. Yeah, can, I, can I ask, because I this I had another question, not to cut anybody off here, but, uh, you know, you hear a lot of these people, Greg, and they say, you know, is it Gonzaga or Baylor or the field and for like a bet? And what you just said there, you know, how I look at that, I mean, again, the Zags are very impressive. So is Baylor. Baylor's been off right now for a little bit. But, I mean, what would you – what would you – your advice be telling somebody that, I mean, like you just said, I think Michigan's really good. I think Ohio state's really good. Would you take the field in that kind of bet? Actually, William Hill posted up this very bet: Gonzaga and Baylor at even money or the field at minus minus one twenty. Personally, I did not bet it. I really don't dive into futures, but if I had to play this one, I would go with the field. You throw in there a team like an Illinois, 
Kofi Coburn and Io DeSumo. That duo was able to do something in March. I mean, heck, we talk about the ACC schools. Florida State, they're going to have more size than even like a Gonzaga. Their athleticism is off the charts. I'm thinking that one of those teams would be able to make a very solid run. Heck, we've seen what Oklahoma has been able to do. I mean, all they do is win games against top 25 opponents. Texas has the most experience of any team out there in college basketball. You just run down the list and you just get the wrong matchup. You get a team that winds up being a little bit off and you have to throw this in here as well. What happens if Gonzaga or Baylor has the wrong guy have to get isolated for COVID-19? You have to avoid that landmine as well. If you take the field, well, you got 66 bites at the apple. If Gonzaga or Baylor, one of those guys go down, well, you don't have as many. Greg, I'm going to I'm gonna throw you a curveball here. I'm a big, big Vegas guy. I'd love to come out, coming out for the tournament, actually. Nice. I, I want your best Vegas restaurant and your best sports book. Best Vegas restaurant. If you've never been to Echo and Rig, it is off the strip, but they've got absolutely bomb steaks, and it's half the price of what you're able to find on the strip. So if you ever go down to Summerlin, Echo and Rig, you've got the okay. portobello fries. Those are absolutely superb. The crab cake. I, I cannot recommend this place enough. Reasonable drink prices. So there's that. And then for Sportsbook, I just went into Circus Sports for the first time. A few weeks ago for the Super Bowl, that place is immaculate. I'm going to be able to do some hosting, fortunately, for the Vegas Stats and Information Network out there this weekend. I am so looking forward to it. The big screens are insane. I have not hit up Stadium Swim yet, but that is certainly on the bucket list. They've got so many good restaurants as well. You've got so many nice steak places. You've got their place called Victory Burger. It was the best burger I've ever had in my life. So I had Circus Sportsbook. That is the one that I recommend. And then for a little bit of an off-the-beaten-path restaurant, Echo and Rig. Okay, awesome. I'll, I'm, uh, I'm actually going to throw throw it out there, too. I'll be there. I'll be at Circa on Sunday of the first weekend. Oh, nice. So if you're around, I'll buy you a drink. <laughs> Absolutely. I need to check my schedule first because I'm sure that I'll be doing some hosting oh, that day. I don't know if I'll be at the South Point or Circa, but certainly it is noted. You might be running around the pool doing laps. <laughs> hey, uh, Greg, real quick, I wanted to ask you, um, so we'll kind of dive back into ACC, but uh, more importantly, Duke. So obviously uh, Jalen Johnson opts out, um, and I'm watching a college basketball game the other night, and Jimmy Dykes just tears him apart. Uh, you know, long story short, Jimmy Dykes says this guy's a uh, – he's got a quitter mentality. He quit on his team at IMG. A lot of his teammates were highly upset with him on the high school level, um, and it seemed very abruptly at Duke. And then you have Seth Greenberg come out and say that it's not this kid's fault. Um, you know, it, they think that it's outside pressure, whether it's, you know, his uh, coaches, his family members, you know, saying you're, you've got nothing to play for in this bad season. Uh, what's your take on him or maybe the situation at Duke uh, with it going on there? I'm one of those people, never question someone that's trying to get their money. I mean, it's just one of those things in which if you're a teammate of Jalen Johnson, you have every right to be upset because you do feel like he quit on you. But how? who am I to judge a guy for saying, you know what, I need to secure these millions of dollars. I am dealing with right now a little bit of a lower body injury. I've been playing hurt. I'm not seeing as much playing time. There's no way we're going to go to the NCAA tournament. I need to prepare right now to be able to set myself up professionally. And that's something that I just cannot blame anyone for. I mean, so many of us have been in college. We've dealt with student loan debt and everything like that. If you're able to set yourself up for a tremendous future, because the shelf life for these athletes, it's not very long. Obviously, in the NFL, it's shorter than it is in the NBA typically. But you never know when that just wrong moment is going to happen to you. You might as well get as much out of your career as humanly possible. I just can't blame him personally. Like I said, if you're a teammate of his and you're feeling mad, I get it. If you're a fan, I understand feeling a little bit salty, but I just can't blame the logic on this. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's great, great insight. Um, so I got one last question, uh, college basketball related, and I'll let these guys kind of take the floor. And then uh, I want to ask you a major league baseball question before we let you go. But um, just kind of give me a little insight. Do you Are you starting to shape up, um, you know, your, maybe your last four in, your first four out? 
I really haven't been doing a lot of bracketology because with what I do, it's one of these things in which I just play what's available to me because when it comes to bracketology, the big thing is you're handicapping things that you don't know what's going to be out there. Meanwhile, sure. on a day-in-day-out basis, you know exactly what you're handicapping. So it's just one of those things in which they wind up setting the matchups and I wind up betting them. So it's just one of those things where I don't take the time to speculate because I've got such little time to start with. Fair enough. And, you know, Greg, let's talk about your new uh, spreadsheet that you've you've come probably the last maybe, I don't know, maybe four weeks, five weeks. Yep. It's been kind of out. I mean, it's just, again, I think it's wonderful. I, I look at it all the time. I mean, I when I, and I'll be very honest. Every night what I do here is – I look at the lines, I look at your sheet, I have both up and I kind of analyze and I really, you know, again, I respect you so much that I kind of go towards you and then I kind of see if there's a major difference and then that's that's how I try to handicap and give it out. So again, what made you change and I think it's a two-parter. I think you're helping so many people and I, you know, the one thing I really like about you is the interaction that you do with the people that talk to you in the day like they ask you a question you respond even if sometimes if it's not nice you still <laughs> respond which i think is very remarkable but just can you talk about the new spreadsheet and why did you decide to go in that direction the big thing is with regards to my twitter and everything that i do it is about helping out people because i mean i could post up my picks i could be like oh i like duke minus five and everything like that but I mean, every single person bets at a different time. They bet at different books. They bet different amounts of money. So some people aren't able to hit openers because they're maxing out their bank account to be able to do so. And they have such high unit sizes that they're not able to do so. Meanwhile, you've got other people that are following me. They're putting down $5 in beer money. So, I mean, you want to be able to try to help out everyone. And some of these lines move drastically. I mean, we see with like the Bradley game, for example, over the weekend against Missouri State, because Bradley has so many guys suspended, the line goes from two to eight. Well, that changes things so drastically, and it's like, all right, you like Bradley at two. Now it's eight. I mean, it's not like it's a half a point or anything like that, and that way you get to know, okay, here's exactly where the buy point is. Here's exactly what I like. And sometimes those lines get stuck in the middle. I remember the Texas Tech versus West Virginia game. You wound up seeing a flip of favorites. I wound up having Texas Tech as about like a one-point underdog in that game. And you wound up having both sides if you wound up taking it early. You wound up cashing by following the spreadsheet. If you took it late, you wound up cashing by seeing the spreadsheet as well because it was right in the middle. And that's what it's all about, just trying to find that proper buy point and just trying to handicap games in general. It's less about, oh, here's how good my closing line value is. Look how macho I am because that does nobody else any good. What does people good is, okay, here's what I like with regards to your line. It's about catering to the actual follower rather than having the follower try to cater to me and try to throw off their entire schedule because so many people I follow, they're working nine to five jobs. They're fathers, they're mothers, they're people that are taking care of the elderly, what have you. And why not try to help them out? Because I mean, by posting up my action, sure, it does a little bit of good, but we know those numbers are going to move eventually. Greg, I can't believe you stuck that Bradley dagger right in me. (laughs) (laughs) They, they, they burned me bad. Um, I have a, a, a kind of a question off of your spreadsheet. So for new people kind of starting out into this betting gambling industry, is there just like three basic criteria you would tell them to look at when they're trying to make a wager? The biggest thing I would take a look at for one is recent form. You do want to be taking a look at how a team has been playing in their last five. And when you take a look at recent form as well, that includes injuries, which I think that that could be a tier in and of itself as well. So maybe I might expand it to like a three and a half, but you want to be taking a look at how a team is playing right now. You want to take a look for the season as well, because you don't want to be prisoner of the moment. It's why the zigzag theory in so many mid-major conferences has been so hot. So many people see... Oh, Team X wound up losing by 15 points. Now they're only a three-point underdog. What the heck is going on here? This is such easy money. And, well, you can't necessarily play it that way. But the big thing as well is don't look at points per game. Don't look at points allowed per game. Look at things on a per-possession basis. Look at just efficiency. Because I wanted mentioning it a little bit earlier. 
what really makes things so unique with college basketball is much like boxing. It's a matchup that winds up making the fight. If you wind up seeing a team score 75 points against Virginia, it holds much more credence than if a team winds up scoring 75 points on, say, Iowa. It's just not created equally because when you take a look at things on a per-possession basis, then you're able to really gauge how a team actually plays just with regards to how it is based on if they play against an up-tempo team, a little bit more of a low-and-slow team as well. And then the other thing, actually watch games. Don't just go based off of stats alone, or don't just go based off of your eyes alone as well. Do a little bit of a balanced approach. Watch a couple games, compare it with regards to the stats, try to see where things overlap, and just how you feel comfortable with these teams in general by melding the two together. I appreciate you actually saying watch some games. I know some people who do not watch any games, and, and I don't know how they do it. And so there are some of the best handicappers out there that they wind up going based off of their spreadsheets and their spreadsheets alone. Yep. From what I've been seeing, those people this year been a little bit different because, let's face it, this is just a completely different year in general. So I think this year more so than ever, you need to be yep. take, taking – inventory on a day in a day out basis and actually seeing with your eyes how these scenes are playing great answer thank you so so i just want to bounce and you know i don't want to we you know we've had a lot of people that you know they want the next day and i want everybody to listen to your podcast and but i broke down i broke down your sheet so i just want to i just want i got two games i got two games all right i want to throw out so just for our listeners you're really this so southern miss florida international game tomorrow tomorrow night yep you really like florida international i do and the the line was two you have it at seven i'm just saying i'm just throwing i'm sprinkling out there greg a little bit just throwing it out there i love it and another one you have is cal baptist which i've bet on them a bunch this year you like them at grand canyon which is that's dan marley is he still there coaching He's no longer the coach. It's actually now Bryce Drew. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's where, yes, that's where he's at. So you like Cal Baptist tomorrow. Uh, Grand Canyon right now, I had it at minus 12, and you really like Cal Baptist. I love that too. I love that Cal Baptist team. So I have no idea why Cal Baptist is getting so badly undervalued because I wound up setting this line more around four. With Cal Baptist, you've got Gorjan Jacques, who winds up coming in from Florida. He's given the team a double double per game. You take a look at Cal Baptist. Among their players that actually shoot three pointers, their top four scores all shoot 35 plus percent from three point range. Ty Rowell is able to give you 16 points, five and a half assists, and they're playing against a Grand Canyon team that this is going to be their first game in the month of February. They're coming off a really long layoff, and with this Grand Canyon team, they do a very solid job of being able to guard. I have a feeling that those rotations are not going to be so crisp in the first half. They do have a guy in Ashmore, Midgard, seven-footer that comes over from Wichita State. He's going to be able to match up down low, so I do like that matchup. But, I mean, ultimately, I take a look at Grand Canyon. I just feel like this is a little bit of a doomsday spot. Cal Baptist has been playing some of their best basketball of the season. Grand Canyon is coming off a little bit of a shutdown. And even if they were coming off of a shutdown, the fact that Cal Baptist is catching double digits is just a slap in the face to them because I feel like this is a very solid college basketball team, and they're just not getting their due on this line night in and night out. Yeah, well said. Um, Great, got, info. It, Great info there. Uh, Matty or Smitty, do you have any college basketball questions? Well, we could go all night. Oh, but- I, could, I, could, I could sit here all night and just talk to him. I, you know – I'll tell you right now, Greg, I, I'm a you know teacher. I had a snow day today, so the whole day I've been excited. And this was late for us, but, man, I was waiting every second to talk to you because, again, like Matt said, you're a genius. Greg, is there a team I'm going to throw out like a Belmont? Is there a team like somebody like that that can get in the – you know, again, Belmont, I – you know, looking off right now, Belmont, uh, tight game tonight. I had Jacksonville State in a teaser. Um, really tight game. They were struggling in that. They have a really nice, uh, you know, really good uh, winning streak going on right now. But is there a team like a Belmont or somebody that can get in the tournament that can really make a deep run? Like, I'm going to throw back like years and years and years ago, like a George Mason that can make a Final Four run. I don't know about a Final Four run that's really going to be pushing it, but 
if there is a team and they're able to get just back to firing all cylinders, I would say St. Louis. I really like this team before their shutdown. They were the only team in college basketball that wound up having two guys that had 10-plus rebounds per game last season. Both of those guys are back, Jordan Goodwin along with Hassan French. French has not necessarily been himself, but what has really been the difference maker for St. Louis this year is that they're just so much better at shooting the ball. Last year, among 353 D1 teams, they were 353rd at the free throw line. Now they're shooting over 70% at the free throw line. They wound up losing that game coming off of their shutdown to Dayton. They're going to be getting their chance at revenge on Friday. And then they also wound up losing to LaSalle. They already got their revenge and they were able to get to cover while being able to get that revenge. You've got a guy in Javante Perkins who's able to give you 18 and a half points per game. Now they are dealing with an injury to their point guard at Yuri Collins who has been able to give you right around six and a half assists. He chips in their two steals per game, but I take a look at the St. Louis team. They're a very complete bunch. They've got good rebounding. They're able to shoot the three, and now they're finally hitting free throws. Greg, I actually had that circled on my slate, St. Louis Dayton tomorrow night, and you just touched on it, so I don't need to touch on that. But I want to do. Uh, I want to ask you one stock up a team and then stock down a team for betting reasons like i said earlier arizona's my kryptonite there and i just can't and i still can't get off of them but i want to know a stock up for you and a stock down for you a stock down right now is drake just because shaquan hemphill their top score he is going to be out for about the next month or so i really do think that these numbers are going to start to regress with them that has been a little bit of a tough situation because drake has been a moneymaker all year long for so many people but here's a stock up for you how about oregon state they wind up pulling off the win on Thursday against Utah. This is a team that they're not getting their due. I really like the way that Ethan Thompson is playing. Warworth Altiche is able to give you two blocks down low. Whenever you get Oregon State playing in Corvallis, this team has been money. I mean, they've knocked off Arizona State. They've gotten a nice win over USC. They've been battling very tough in these games, in which they've been playing on the road recently as well. Heck, they went on the road and they knocked off their interstate foe, Oregon, in Eugene. This is a team that I feel like is not getting the credence that they deserve. Is Oregon State going to be in the NCAA tournament? No, but if you're looking for betting reasons, perhaps a team out there in a conference tournament that can make a little bit of a run, Oregon State is a team that I really like. Awesome. Thank you so much. That was another great interview, uh, you know, with our guy, Greg. Greg, we love having you on. Um, You know, if if, I know come March, you get extremely busy with the tournament. Uh, You know, we'd love to get you back on uh, maybe uh, once the bracket's out, just do a quick dive into that. Um, You know, we can talk later about that if if that's a possibility. Uh, But real quick, when should – so I know you have the the MLB podcast. Uh, Just when should we maybe start – uh, seeing some activity on on Twitter and your MLB podcast, you know, with the uh, pitchers and catchers, I believe they were they reported Friday. Uh, so when should we see some activity with the, the the baseball side of things? Well, first things first, they need to set a schedule for us. But with that yeah. said, a couple of days before the start of the season, I will be starting up that podcast once again. Have no fear, I'm going to be doing something very similar for baseball with a spreadsheet as well. I still got a couple irons in the fire that I'm right now trying to sort out with all of that, just the structure of it all. So I'm sort of in the lab thinking about that. I'll be able to get a little bit more thought once we get down to not having 100 games every Saturday in college basketball, but it certainly is going to be coming your way late March, early April. The Baseball Betting Podcast is going to be back in, in full force. Awesome. I got two two things real quick, Greg. Uh, first, make sure you uh, shout out your Twitter for us. At GN underscore D1. All right. Awesome. And then the secondly, who is your, your baseball team? So in case I need to bust your chops a little bit. The Milwaukee Brewers. Oh, I can't do it then. <laughs> I, w- I went through some very bad years as a small child with the Brewers. Now that they're halfway respectable, it is a very good feeling. They are my second favorite, so. I want to show with this. I want to personally thank you for uh, Eric Thames and his um, World Series changing <laughs> error to Juan Soto. Um, I know when he, he joined the Nationals last year on a one-year deal, I'm sure there was uh, some, some, you know, Good fun involved with that as well as Will Harris uh, being that Howie Kendrick hit the the uh, home run off the foul pole. So uh, as a Nats fan, I want to thank you for his uh, participation in that wild card game. 
and uh, I will fully support your Brewers from here on out. <laughs> Perfect. If we could get one this year, that would be absolutely tremendous. The franchise still looking for its first title. <laughs> it, it's incredible. It's It really is. Uh, hey, we appreciate you coming on. And uh, like I said, we'd love to get you on here soon. So uh, you take care and um, enjoy college basketball. Absolutely. I appreciate it, gentlemen. I'm more than happy to rejoin you guys once the bracket comes out. Thank you. Hey, thanks, thanks, thanks Greg. Greg. Appreciate Have it, man. Have a great night, man. I'll tell you what, he uh, he really knows his stuff there, Madden, Smitty. Um, the guy's just a wealth of knowledge. Crazy. He's he's, he's crazy. He's he's a savant. I, I, I'll tell you what, I, his, I wish I had half of it because I, I would hit a lot more bets. Well, I, you know, I've said it. Um, <laughs> today was, I came down at like, I was upstairs studying this um, sheet for Friday. And I came down, I looked at my wife and I said, man, it's like another hour. And it's like, it's like Christmas talking to the guy. And I, I'm such a ca- uh, college basketball junkie. And you just sit there all day and you kind of want to, you waited to talk to the guy because it, it is, and it's the second time, you know, I've had the chance to talk to him and he's just a wealth of knowledge. And it was, again, it was great having him on the show and I can't wait to have him on the show again. And especially, I can't wait for his baseball sheet. That's going to be interesting to study his sheet. And again, if like Nail said, it, if you're diving into this game and a lot of states are starting now legalizing gambling, if you... You know, we've talked about looking at other people and go do that too, but look at his sheet and try to analyze stuff and break down the numbers. And that's, that's the joy of it. I love the numbers and I like seeing it and you compare it. And this guy's on his numbers that, I mean, he's opening up with are like right there. And sometimes he likes a team more than what Vegas has. Then you do your thing. I saw nail. Somebody reached out to you or posted about teasers tonight. You kind of sent them my way, but. I mean, hopefully she gets into teasers and basketball too. I mean, they're they're fun. Yeah. Uh, hey, like I said, man, I've been listening to Greg since Veasan was it started off, and he would just pump out. He would literally go through game by game, and just pump out a number who he liked, and then just roll for two hours straight. So I, I'd sit in my car on occasion, just be like, "Hey, I'm not going to the office yet. I'm just going to listen to this guy." <laughs> I'm not going to work today. I'm going to listen to yeah. Luke. Man. Well, not quite that Talking bad. Basketball. Yeah. Uh, he, he's. I mean, he's a genius, and I, I, you know, and and I, you know, I've said this the last time he was on the queue. What I like the most out of the day is just people asking him questions and again this guy could be uh whatever i'm not talking to these people he responds to everybody and then there's some people again and there's always people that are going to be haters and they're going to say stuff and always and sometimes he responds to them which i i get a lot more respect for the guy i mean he's he's he, he knows what he's talking about so if you're diving into it i know like i said that's how i start my like like for the night next day i break it down i look at his spreadsheet i i I have my ideas, but I really go off his. I look at Vegas lines. I look at the different odds. And, you know, it's a number crunch. And the guy, if you need somebody, look off his spreadsheet. I love that he actually added the fact, though, to actually not not so much trust your gut, but watch the game so you do have a gut feeling about the game as well. It's not just all straight numbers. you you to you got to have a little bit of a visual aspect on the team. Well, there's so many people that have spreadsheets and they run their system and that's fine. I mean, again, I'm like, you do whatever you want to do. Uh, you know, I don't have that. I listen to a lot of people, you know, team notebook. We have a lot of guys that we talk and we give out info and I have my opinions and I have some other people that I really listen to and I have a lot of respect for and we play numbers and you play trends and sometimes it works out well and sometimes it doesn't. And that's, what can you do? I mean, I've had two great weeks. This week's been a little dicey. It's been tough. Uh, you you grind it out. Well said. Uh, so, guys, I, it's up to it's up to you. Blah. Sorry, I couldn't get the words out there. Uh, but uh, I know you know college basketball. I mean, it's kind of hard to you know cap games when the lines aren't out yet. Um, so you know, there I, I kind of want to steer the ship. Uh, I got a couple. Can I just throw it out before we steer the ship for tomorrow? Because I know Nails. I looked at a couple, and I looked off his sheet, and I know a couple people have reached out to me, and they're like, man, if you get out of show, I'd love to have, like, some ideas. And like Q just said there, 
it's extremely hard because it's tough to get numbers and and you know we're getting a great response out of our Saturday morning show which is I love that show and just games tomorrow I I know Q was extremely busy today and I'm just going to throw a couple out and if Maddie Nails can throw out a couple uh maybe Yeah I got I got four more on my sheet. I mean again we gave out I mean keep an eye on the Florida International Southern Miss game Peterson loved it um just keep an eye on that the Cal, the Cal Baptist one I really like um I like that team he really liked that game uh, a couple games I marked and nails. I'm going to just say one or two, and then keep an eye also on the Southern uh, Alabama at Appy State. That's off Greg's uh, sheet. Keep an eye on that. I really like the Detroit game tomorrow. They're minus nine, and this again teaser. I'm the teaser king. I kind of they're playing Robert Morris. I kind of like maybe a teaser down in that game. Nails. I have four. So I have uh, Utah State going to Boise. Um, lines at one and a half. I did some deep digging because Q and I talked earlier before the show about trying to find some trends. And with all the COVID, everything's just tough to find. So I went, I actually went for a home and away spread and to see who gets the best numbers with home, even though there's no real advantage this year without the fans. But Boise gets an extra four points at home, typically. And that spread is, they're given one and a half. So I really like Boise tomorrow night against Utah State. Both very good teams, though. Yeah, they just beat them the other night. That game, That's right. That game was tight. And a lot yeah. of people, a lot of people were on Boise State. And that game was extremely tight. Boise kind of at the very end kind of pulled away. And I think they won by about seven or eight points. Yeah. I, I, I would go back to Boise again on that one. Okay. I was, I was kind of leaning at a teaser maybe with Utah state, but I mean, I, I think Greg on his sheet too, kind of likes Boise state. Uh, I, just another one. I love the UAB uh, team. I know they I didn't play well. Here. I think last week um, I love them in a teaser. They're at home against old dominion. Line right now is minus seven. So if you do a five-point teaser, get them down to two points. I like UAB. Match them up with somebody tomorrow. Do you have the over-under on that? Smith? I do not, but I I, I played uh, the under many times with UAB this year. That's what I was just going to hit on because I don't think ODU dumps in the points either. I was going to check that real quick. But um, while I look at that, uh game I had on was rivalry game. We got South Dakota State versus North Dakota State. South South Dakota State goes on the road. Um, North Dakota State, a home dog, getting a point and a half. And again, back to my table, they're, uh, they get a 4.75 home point advantage. I'm going to take the home dog in this one, and I believe North Dakota State beat them already this year. I think I had that down. I'm looking off my notes right now. Maddie, real quick, I, I'll look it up real quick, uh, but I think ODU is averaging like roughly 70, 71 a game. Yeah, it's one one thirty. I, I I might look to the under, but that's pretty pretty spot on. Okay, ODU's averaging just uh, it's like sixty nine and a half, so right at that seventy mark. UAB is a really good defensive team. Yeah, I like UAB in a teaser down tomorrow on that. Um, you know, one to keep an eye on: North Dakota at Nebraska, Omaha, Nebraska, and just looking off my notes, Omaha. They're on a 14-game losing streak, and they're favored in that game. Does that hit Peterson's um, zigzag method, though? Uh, I glance at that. I did not see what he had. I just like taking up uh, North Dakota, maybe in a teaser on that, just because of the 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 losing streak. I did I did some notes and just to make Q's night because I know Q loves this team. So I, I I again I'm looking for a t-shirt for Q for Christmas. Bell or mine. Bell or mine. Win streak 10 games in a row. They've won six on the road in a row. Just to throw that out there. Like to throw that kind of stats out there for Q there. I like um, hey they're a gritty team. Uh, yeah, I mean, abs- absolutely, and that's that. You know, again, I think Nails brought up that's not a very great de- conference right now. Um, you know, I think they play. It might be North Florida tomorrow, and um, 
if somebody could check that, I don't want to be really incorrect on that, but uh, you know, that's, I just, when I wrote that down today, I was like, oh, that's Q's team. I love it. Love. I know what to get Q for Christmas, but no, you know, basketball has been hard. I mean, you know, one team, it was funny. Yeah. Bellarmine plays North Florida, North Florida. Okay. So on the road, you know, one team that's really, some people have them in the, the tournament and I just disagree. Minnesota is, man, they're bad on the road. They're 0-8. They've lost five out of the last seven overall. I don't know how this team's still in the tournament. Um, I'm going to look now. I'm going to see if they're a first four in, first four out. But I'm going to go back to that South Dakota State game. So uh, North Dakota State did win over them earlier in the year, I believe by two points. The over-under is at 142.5, and, and I believe the final score on that other game was 77-75. So I might look for the over uh, tomorrow night in that game as well. I might try to do a double dip. You know, here's a game way off, and my dad's going to love this game because, you know, my dad will call me and be like, hey, I like the show, but I don't know half the teams you're talking about. And that just makes my day. I love. I said, well, that's that's why we're the best. That's you know you can't talk. But here's one for you. I'm gonna throw on this one's for my dad. Tarlington State, man, did they <sighs> did they? Now I gave out that teaser winner in football against McDee. I said take them up and take the points down and take the over winner. But man, I took them straight straight and they blew a late game in that. But Tarlington State plays Dixie State. Man. That's Tell me not, where both of those schools are. That is that. Oh gosh! <laughs> said, listen, we're getting T-shirts made. If you can, don't look it up. Call in right now. Call on Q's phone, and you get a you get a free T-shirt. <laughs> I love Dixie State. Is a pick'em right now, and I'm just going off Peterson's spreadsheet. He likes a minus five tomorrow. Dixie State. Dixie State. Everybody. Smitty, you are correct. Um, according to. Uh, CBS Sports Line, the last four in Drake, Minnesota, Indiana. Well, I think Greg said a great thing about Drake. Drake, yeah, you know, Drake really let me down Saturday. I didn't make a teaser, and I went back Sunday against them against Loyola Chicago, and they won the game outright. I think it went into OT, and they won by one. Um, with that injury, you know, that's tough. Man, I just don't see Minnesota. I don't know how you're I, and listen, I get it. Great big 10. And, you know, listen to Dick Vitale tonight against uh, whiskey in Iowa. And he's like, Oh, these guys, they're battling each night. And this is, listen, if you can't win on the road, any games, why should you be in the tournament? Yeah. They're, um, they're the last four in. And then you look at the first four out and you see teams like Boise, in Wichita, getting the boot over a team like Minnesota. It's going to be a lot of controversy coming Selection Sunday. Well, it happens every year. I mean, when you have oh, a team that you just bl- – and you're like, what? And this team – and that's that's a shame. And, you know, I was listening to the Gonzaga game tonight, and, you know, some of these conferences are worried about playing the conference tournament, which I hope they play everything. And I get it. Like, they were saying – um, Gonzaga coach is worried about going to Vegas because there's a lot of people like other conferences going on in hotel. He wished they would stay local and do the tournament. You know, you, you, you gotta have that. That's why the NCAA tournament, it, it, you know, March madness is so great because a team can win the conference and get in and, you know, maybe Minnesota gets hot and they go on a run, but right now I don't, I don't see it. I, don't I hope it. his, I hope Peterson's pick of right state gets uh at least a first round but i hope they get a 15 seed right now they have them as one of the 16 play-ins which i don't like that's a that's a pretty good team well they have nine nine straight nine straight wins uh you know gonzaga's at 24 well now they're at 25 these are going into today belmont i had at 19 but they won again tonight there's 20 baylor's at 17 bellarmine at 10 you see santa barbara at 10 and wright state at nine yeah there's some good info so we're gonna wrap up but i you know let's this has been a dominant basketball show and i know we do that but anything else boys that are just like sports nails you know the carson wentz trade 
What'd you think yeah. of that today? Uh, I surprisingly, I like it for both teams. I really like it for the Colts. If huge caveat though, if Wentz can return to form under Frank Reich, which I think he needed some new blood, and, and I think it's going to work out well. And I like the fact that if he plays, I believe it's 75% of the snaps, the Eagles actually get a first instead of a second. So they, they, they're going to eat salary for a year. I believe it's 30 million maybe, but then I think they lose all their dead cap weight. And I think it's a win-win for both. They weren't going to get a Stafford hall. They just weren't because he's basically been relegated to a backup and an injured backup at that. So I think, I think the Colts hit a need and I think the Eagles, not so much they hit a need, but they, they hit a must of getting rid of him. No, I, I, you know, I'd like to hear what Q thinks, you know, and a lot of people are down on Carson Wentz and I I've said for about a year, it looks like he has happy feet because he knows he's going to get hit. But, you know, a lot of people in a text message today, nails was on it. Dr. Brent was on it. I was on it. We liked it. Some other people didn't. I think I agree. I think he goes to the guy that was the offensive coordinator and again, the division's defense is not very good. The offensive line gets better for him. Going to Indy, yeah. So I agree. I, I, I think this is, you know, and here's the worst thing. I mean, if the guy goes there next year and he lays an egg, then the guy's in, the guy's probably out of the league soon. Uh, and that's just the way it is. I mean, the guy was going to win the MVP until he blew his leg out. And that's the bot. That's the bottom line. And now maybe he's scared a little bit. I don't know. But the Eagles, Eagles haven't been very good. Not a very good offensive line. Not a very good team. Um, I like it. I, I think why not take a chance and see what happens. I, I, you know, again being a Steelers fan, I'd love to see Big Ben retire and maybe the Steelers make a deal and bring somebody else in and see what happens too. So, I mean, Q, do you have any thoughts on the Carson Wentz deal? Um, so real quick, refresh me. I know it was a two draft picks. I was out all day today. Uh, I don't it, know. What. It was a second round this, this year. Nails, correct me if I'm incorrect on this. Uh, second, second round. And then it could be, I think a second or a first next year. I think it's all right. I, I, I don't hold me to it. Cause I didn't read cause I was busy at work as well. Um, I think it's a third this year. Third, that's right. It's a third a and it second, could be a second. Yeah. And it could turn into a first next year. Yes. A yeah. second yeah. next year that could t- turn into a first. If he plays 75% of the snaps. I don't know how I feel about it on terms of the draft picks. I mean, it could be a home run if, if he miraculously plays well, um, or you you're setting your franchise back. I mean, what that trade told me was your backup who has started several games for you in the past, Jacoby Brissett, uh, you're not sold on him. Uh, so that's a, a lack of confidence. Um, and I'm not saying that's right or wrong. I, I personally would agree. I don't think he's an NFL starter. Um, I don't know. Smitty knows I've never been high on Carson Wentz. Um, you know, I made a tweet early um, in the Carson Wentz saga you know, there was uh, some smoke around the Bears maybe trading uh, Nick Foles uh, back to the Eagles for that. And I said it would be fitting, um, you know, because, you know, Nick Foles comes in and replaces Wentz, and then he, he wins you a Super Bowl ring, and then you say, no, nah, thanks, but no thanks. We don't want you anymore. Uh, we're going to stick with Carson. Um and then look what he's gotten you. You know, you you just shipped away a Super Bowl winning quarterback for nothing. Um, now, listen, did we all think Carson Wentz would have the downfall? No. Did I? Yes. Because a lot of people kind of shade, you know, overlooked his injury. He's got like a degenerative back issue. Um, and when anything's degenerative and when it involves your back, I mean, when you really injure your back one time, you'll never be the same. And Smitty, you, you know that, like when you get twisted up, you're never the same. Um, and, I'll probably be twisted up doing about six driveways today yeah. too. So I'll be he's got knee, tomorrow. He's got knee problems now on top of a back problem. Like the guy's injury prone. So that just to me, it's kind of like a money pit. You know, he Carson Wentz is like a boat. You you put money into it and you just don't get the same return out of it. 
Um, I I don't know. I think as heavy as this draft class is on quarterbacks, quality quarterbacks at that. Um, I don't know. I just if I'm the Colts, I think I trade for my um, my future quarterback or try to draft a future quarterback over Carson Wentz. I think the quarterbacks are going to come off. There's some articles now that a lot of some of the NFL higher ups like Zach Wilson more than Trevor Lawrence. I call BS on that, but I I read it as well. Did you see so that too? I I, I yeah. thought the same thing. I, and I so like Zach, and I don't know. I like him. I think he's going to be an okay quarterback. I really do. But I kind of called BS on that. I'm like, yeah. really? Come on now. So we got we got five minutes left. Let's rub our crystal ball here for this quarterback uh, carousel that's going on. Each of you take a shot. Who's the next domino to fall now? In terms of what? Who's who's gonna who's gonna sign? Who is Watson gonna go anywhere? I I I think I think Watson. Just my opinion. I I think. I mean, he's gonna get moved. There's no way he's going back there. There's no way. Any, anyway, Russell moves. Uh, I I okay. If you had to say who's gonna move, Watson's gonna move. I would say Wilson stays. I'd agree with you. Uh yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, unless Seattle's blown away with an offer, I don't. I I see them holding on. One of the things that drives me bonkers on Twitter is people just running their mouths saying, "Oh, San Francisco needs to go to this." People don't even realize that Jimmy Garoppolo's got a no trade clause. They can't. You can't just go pick up somebody. You can't do it. Well, Nail, everybody everybody, get, everybody gets into uh, the PlayStation make a trade. Yeah, you know, let's let's make let's make. Well, it's the same thing right now. You know what? You know what's driving me crazy, and I know we only have a couple minutes. The JJ Watt to the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. Can people shut up? Stop uh, horrible. It? I mean, listen, people. I'm a diehard Steeler fan. Where I'm at right now, it's all Pittsburgh stuff. You're insane. If you want JJ Watt there, you don't know what you're talking about. And everybody, please come there. Why? Why do you want? Yeah. Here's the thing. I didn't want the brother, the fullback. He had two carries last year in the playoff game. That was his two carries. We're paying him $10 million. Can we get the dad on the sideline? Can he make Subway sandwiches? Can yeah, the mom, the shed. Can, yeah, can, can we have no cheerleaders? Can the mom be the cheerleader too? I mean, you're seriously? Pittsburgh people, we want this? The, no. team, the team is under, we have so much money issues already. You have an old quarterback. Joe Hayden's going to get cut. You're going to cut this guy, cut this guy, cut this guy. But, hey, let's bring – somebody wrote the other night and said, let's get rid of to it to save money and bring J.J. Watt. Are you kidding me? Bunch, I love it. bunch of idiots. And it's the same people that have bashed me about drafting Harris at running back in the first round. Give me a break. I think there's only two teams that JJ should consider, and I think that's Green Bay and Tampa Bay. Personally, I'll throw I'll throw one more in there. Buffalo. I like Buffalo, and I like Cleveland. I I don't know Buffalo's uh, finances, so I just can't speak on. They're that. okay. They can they can make it happen. They have a couple guys that are going to get the cap casualty, and they're going to have some room. Yeah. Okay. Then that'd be a great spot. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people want Green Bay because that's where he's he's from, Wisconsin. And I that's get right. That. Well, I think he would help that defense too. I mean, well, they earned him. Q, you're you know, Q, you're in pretty good shape. You probably could go on the line too and play defense for them too. So I only got one more. That was one rant because I'm just I'm sick of that. I'm so tired of that. What do you guys think of the 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 daughter of the guy that made the Super Bowl trophy? And you know, I. I <laughs> Shut up, Karen. <laughs> she got so mad because Brady chucked it across some water. <laughs> Who cares? The Capitals dented the Stanley Cup, and they were yeah. so, and it wasn't a big deal. Like well, they damaged the trophy. It's yeah. It, you know what? You know what was so funny about it? So I listened to that, and you know she's boohooing, and my dad put so much effort into it, and all the silver spray ball wire. Here's the thing. He got paid. Yeah. Your dad got paid. I guarantee he got paid. So did those people. Tom Brady can do whatever. Do you really think Tom Brady was not going to chuck that trophy into the next boat? Honey, did you watch a game? He was chucking balls all over the field. 
Gronk would have, I'd have loved to see what Gronk did to the trophy. She would have fainted if she watched the uh, Wisconsin player shatter his bowl game trophy. Yeah. They yeah. said Mario Lemieux threw to the Stanley Cup at the, at his pool. Yeah. It was at his pool in the morning floating. The, yeah, they, these trophies, they get beat up. Like people don't yeah. realize that, but they have, they have more than one of these trophies. It's not the only one. And that's plain and simple. Shut up, Karen. <laughs> hey, my sister's name, Karen. She's going to listen to this. She's not going to like that. <laughs> Here's the thing, too. I haven't slept for two days. Yeah. Really? Of course I mean, you haven't. Really? Yeah. I mean, come on now. Your dad got paid, and maybe you should sleep because, honey, it looks like you need some sleep. And is that wrong? I don't care. I'm saying it. Get over it. I wish Gronk would have done something with the trophy a little bit more than Tom Brady throwing it to another boat and you can't sleep. Give me a break. Get over it. Guess what? I haven't slept for two days too. Cause my teasers have been missing by about a point. <laughs> I'm done Q. I'm done with my rants. No worries. Yeah. That kind of wraps up the show. Perfect. Um, a little late night here. Well. I haven't stayed up this late since Cinemax through the lines. Ooh, I'm Skidamax Friday night. I'm just joking. Uh, hey, that's good, good fun, Jaspers. Um, all right, boys, I'll um, I'll get with you guys Saturday. Uh, we'll do another quick roll and uh, find those winners. All right, man, get some sleep, buddy. All right, see you guys. See you guys.